oatmeal box once again. Back at it. This episode is going to be about Egg Harbor Township. So I had to do something related. Check it. Estoy aquí, pero mi mente está allá. Y no pierdo la esperanza algún día regresar. Estoy aquí, pero mi mente está allá. Y no pierdo la esperanza algún día regresar. Aunque me encuentre lejos de la tierra donde nací, lo entejo en mi corazón y no la parto de mí. Y no pierdo la esperanza de que algún día regresaré con mi gente querida, sé que muy pronto estaré. Estoy aquí, pero mi mente está allá y no pierdo la esperanza de algún día regresar. Estoy aquí, pero mi mente está allá y no pierdo la esperanza algún día regresar. Ey, 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 ey. <sighs> Not necessarily podcast back at it again. Oh my goodness, another day on this lovely earth, another day at work. Wednesday I was shoveling dirt and Thursday I had to steal a lovely young lady's purse. Oh my, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. How are you? <laughs> That's funny. No one's there to answer the magic question. But that's how I'm feeling, you know what I mean? I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know how you're doing, genuinely. I'm Fernando. What a lovely day to meet. Mr. How are you? Mr. Say what I mean. Tell me what you want. Tell me what I'm making, please. Aquí pero allá, that song was from my childhood, that was my father's favorite song. I remember he used to sing it in the living room, printed out the lyrics or wrote them down or something and then would just like, you know, go back and forth in the living room. Estoy aquí, pero me... The lyrics basically mean like, you know, I'm here but my mind is over there. Basically, it's it's for anybody that's coming to the United States from a Hispanic country can relate to that. I believe it's like a Dominican band, La Banda Gorda. Yeah, that's like that song brings me back, back, back every time I hear it. Sometimes I shed tears when I hear it because it's like I know what my father went through, and uh, yeah, it just reminds me that he went through a lot, and uh, coming to this country from another country completely different culture completely different people uh that can happen and he made it through and because of him i'm sane because of him i'm healthy and because of him i'm uh, motivated mm, i have that deep seed deep rooted motivation within me to keep going to push myself you know, I have my ups and downs. Life's like, you know, full of ups and downs. I have my downs. I have my bad days. But I'm always moving forward at a steady pace because of him. You know, I can't forget that. Yeah, so when I hear that song, it really makes me think, you know. We are estranged, but that that's that's the past. And, you know, sorry, you can't forget the past. You know, no, uh, knowing the past uh, helps you go to the future. Isn't that what they say? They say a lot of things. And they say a lot of bullshit. But that's a good one. That's a fact. Tengo un poema en español. That's a fact. I have a poem in Spanish. I be I be going crazy on Instagram. In English, you know, I be, I be rapping my ass off. Oh, make no mistake. I wrote a masterpiece. I, I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I was on the bus. On my way to work, and for some reason on the bus, I I just be spilling out bars, and then you know I would come to work with like mad more bars, and then so so I just decided to make a make a verse, sixteen bars, you know what I mean, and so I put it together, and it's quite a masterpiece. I like it, you know. I'll I'll tell it next time. It's about coffee and stuff. I mean, hopefully I have a coffee episode. I keep saying I'm gonna do a coffee episode. It's never gonna happen apparently, but you know I sweat oat milk. Let's go. La pregunta mágica, ¿cómo estás, Cubo? En los tiempos duros, respiro bien profundo. Ningún otro lugar en el mundo, te lo juro. Preferiría yo estar que aquí al lado suyo. Compartiendo este líquido que prende a mentes oscuro. El responsable entre personas romper muros. El sabor tan puro te dejará mudo. Dime lo que quieres, leche avena sudo.
does affect. So yeah, I write 16 bars now. I started out at like four. I started out like writing. And then I was like, you know, this is kind of corny. Like, what if I just... Like, and then I started thinking of... And then I started walking to work, walking to dance class, walking to, you know what I mean, back to the train station and just being like, you know what? Let me occupy my brain, you know what I mean? It is a lot of brain work, but I'm playing bass. I sip on the fountain of youth. So I know before it would be like a lot of mental stress to be able to think of what think of a rhyme, but now it's like I'm so passionate in life that I do a lot of I do everything that I like. I do things that I like. I dance. I play ping pong. I play chess. I garden. I make coffee. I go to school and learn. I talk to lovely ladies all day. Uh, I support my friends. I talk to lovely gentlemen. I just talk to a fucking phone. <laughs> I play basketball, I do things that I like I ride my bike places And I, you know what I mean, go on the internet and watch Netflix time to time I eat what I like And so I'm passionate, you know I'm just very much more in existence I'm living, you know I'm existing as Fernando, you know I really am existing as Fernando a lot these days So so when it comes to just thinking of something to write art about To write poetry about It just comes immediately You know, so I just the, the rhyme started spilling out from my head Four bars at a time And I'm just like, holy shit, like that's nice And then and then I just, you know, work the muscle You know, like Jay-Z says it's a muscle JD's, Jay-Z doesn't write So he has that muscle like perfected apparently You know what I mean? Like it's a brain muscle where you could just like You could just like think of a rap And then recite it and then you know then there you go <laughs> that's it think of a rap recite it but for me it was process like i would think of a rap and then try to remember it and then it would just not be there but then i realized i had to start like thinking of the next bar while i'm saying this bar and then like the hand gestures come in and then like you know staying on topic is always helpful that's a, that's a good thing like the if the next bar is related to the first one that's always helpful to to try to remember it and if it's not, then it's just going to be a little bit harder. But, um, yeah, man, I'm not, I, I was writing eight bars, you know what I mean? I was I was uh, thinking of eight bars and memorizing them on the bus all the time. And then I did 12. I did a couple 12s. And then I was like, oh, shit, Like I actually remember the 12. And then I jumped to 16, and then I was like, oh, shit, I have to write this one down. <laughs> so I wrote that one down, and it's actually a really nice poem instead of just a, just a greeting. It's a, it's a long, like, kind of story, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll tell that next time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it memorized, that's the thing. I don't even feel like looking at my notes. So I'll just save that for the coffee episode, you know, that'll make sense. And so... Yeah, these days I just be like five bars. Five bars is is the key, you know. That's enough to grab the customer's attention, and then the last the four bars, and then the last one is just tell me what you want, or tell me how you feel. You know what I mean? Something like that. So you know, for example, oh the magic question you asked so unexpectedly. Our DNA differs less than one percent. You see, one tongue, two lungs. You have the same breath as me. Might as well say that I'm full of ecstasy. Tell me what you want. I'll do it effortlessly. The magic question you ask to literally riddle me. I'm doing great while the rest do miserably. The way I use my tools is like a blessed symphony. You could lean on me. It doesn't stress me physically. Tell me what you want to do it expeditiously. I like that one. <laughs> if you ever seen Lean On Me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Expeditiously. When I first saw that movie, I'm like, the fuck is expeditiously? Is that a word? Like, he made that up. But nah, expedite. Like, fucking expedited shipping from Amazon. It's a, it's a means to do it faster. So when he, Mr. What the fuck? Uh, Mr. Clark, uh, Principal Clark, kicked everybody out from the Patterson High School, uh, Eastside High. You know what I mean? He kicked out, expelled all the drug dealers and the bad people. He's like, move off the stage expeditiously. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm going to talk about Egg Harbor Township this episode. Uh, Egg Harbor Township. Peaches and cream, rainbows and butterflies. That's what I always say, you know, that's how I grew up. You know? <laughs> Not much to say besides that. Alright, oatmeal box cart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, I was born in Galloway Township. That's next to Egg Harbor Township down there somewhere. In like Pomona. That's like a sub-town. And then, yeah, when I was five years old, moved to Egg Harbor Township, my family, you know, we, we got this house on uh, Ridge Avenue in Egg Harbor Township. Ridge Avenue is a long-ass avenue that goes through all of Egg Harbor Township, 
uh, probably the main one actually, and it crosses a, a big highway called Black Horse Pike, which takes you straight to Atlantic City. And um, on Black Horse Pike, there was a storybook land right right at the intersection of Ridge and Black Horse Pike. Storybook land is like fucking um, mini theme park. You know, it's just like a mini storybook land. Like it has Cinderella, little little uh, little tiny tiny rides and stuff. And you know, I guess you can get ice cream. And then there's characters walking around from like children's Disney stories. Uh, Peter Pan. I guess. I went there when I was like five. I want to go there again. It seems like a lot of fun. That's the only time I went there, and I have not too much memories of it. I just remember getting ice cream with the rainbow sprinkles. My lovely lady friend. <laughs> I was five years old. I had a lovely lady friend. I don't even remember her name. I remember hanging with her. She was she was cute. I remember, and um, also there was a maze. I liked the maze. It was like a bunch of cards, like you know, deck of cards, type of cards like ace and king and you know jack and stuff, and they were all standing, you know, big big walls and you had to like find your way through the maze that was fun that's storybook land so yeah egg harbor township ridge avenue and then like there was that the the highway split it into two i was on like the side that was closest to the side that nobody really thought about actually uh like you know a small part of ridge avenue was across the black horse pike uh across from storybook land heading towards the other direction Heading towards, uh, you know, the the expressway. Right next to the expressway. Atlantic City Expressway takes you from Atlantic City to Philadelphia. So, yeah, that's right next to Ridge Avenue. And, uh, yeah, the rest of Ridge Avenue was, was where everything was at, I guess. You know, I would I would always cross it in high school on my bike. And uh, in high school, <laughs> not growing up because my parents wouldn't let me. They'd be like, oh, it's too dangerous to cross the highway. And I was like, all right, I mean, I guess I, I was scared too, you know. Their their fear was instilled in me since young. My parents, like, kind of paranoid, scared of everything. And so I guess I grew up kind of, like, scared too, scared to do things, you know. But, yeah, in high school I would cross the Black Horse Pike and go to Bargain Town Parks. Bargain Town Park, also called the Delaware Park because it was uh, on Ridge Avenue and Delaware Avenue. Uh, whatever. It's a big park. A lot of stuff happened there, you know. But yeah, I grew up near Atlantic City. Uh, going to the beach in the summers. Skating. Skating was a big. I just went skating last night. It was so much fun, you know. Like, I just feel. I felt really good last night. I was with a lovely lady friend, and everything. So I was feeling myself. And then they played like Future fucking drake and stuff and i'm like yo this is not my type of music but it's rocking and i was like really letting go letting loose and i was just dancing and skating and i'm like yo i feel really good like you know it's, i think it's because i had company and uh, usually i'm skating i just go by myself and try to talk to everybody and meet people but you know this time i was just mad comfortable and uh, yeah i grew up skating and i would use the inline skates they don't have the inline skates in the branch brook park in newark so I just did the four wheel, but I grew up make no mistake with the inline skates. And then we would like race, you know what I mean? They would have the racing part at the end. I would always, you know, race with my uh, uh, little friends and they were faster than me. I probably won like one time, you know, I remember all the other kids were a little bit faster than me, but we'd always compete. It was a lot of fun. I mean, skating was a lot of fun. You know, these days I look back on, you know, I look back on growing up in Egg Harbor Township and uh, I spent a lot of time before just thinking about all the bad parts you know but now I'm remembering all the good parts you know all the parts that I'm just like wow that was me I really did that I had fun doing that um that's happy I grew up happy I grew up having a lot of good memories and and living my life so it feels good I'm like Starting to realize that, you know, my life was pretty good growing up. Uh, yeah, a lot of good memories, but, but also sad. Like Tim Sost, for example. Remember I told you, uh, I said on the last podcast in the Scientology auditing session, that was the part where I just couldn't talk anymore. I was like, as soon as I mentioned his name, I choked up, my throat closed on me. and then And then I was crying my eyes out, and then my neck hurt. 
and my whole body was I just couldn't speak every time I tried to open my mouth it'd be like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I just don't know it was so it was so interesting but that was the point where it was just so sad that I just kept crying and I couldn't speak anymore had to it was been three two and a half hours or three hours already and then you know that's when the auditor was like, all right, I guess it's time to finish. Like, we have to go to a happy memory now for, for me to be able to speak again. And that was the end of the session to, to me have to recall a happy memory so I could leave in a good mood. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of sad memories, um, like uh, friends that I don't talk to no more, uh, people that I was close with and for some reason we just grew apart and things like that. I only keep in touch with one person from growing up uh and i met this person late in life like late in high school maybe even after high school you know what i mean we would play basketball together bengali kid shout out iftikar you know what i mean hit me up <laughs> he goes to uh, njit in newark and i live in newark so we still be you know keeping in touch well no he graduated i believe definitely graduated so he's got a job back in pleasantville uh back in egg harbor township where we both grew up uh, and he grew up in Atlantic City too. Yeah, I keep in touch with him. Only one person, unfortunately, and that's about it. Like everybody else, you know, just we just lived, went different, separate directions, you know. Um, yeah, maybe it's for a reason. Like people from my past, so I feel like when I talk to, nah, maybe not. Maybe it's just my parents. Definitely, whenever I talk to my parents, I feel like it hurts me. It distracts me from my motivation in life, from my focus. I don't. I want to keep focused, you know. So I, I chose to be estranged from my parents, and it's a tough decision. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just for my own sake. I want to live my life, live my own life, and stay focused. And uh, whenever I speak to them, it distracts me a little bit. But if the you know, so supportive, you know, we always keep in touch because that's just what friends do, you know. Uh, we would go to the basketball courts. That's where we we bargain town, of course. Delaware Ave and Egg Harbor Township. Being Iftikhar and uh, a few other friends would play basketball. He had a mean three point shot, but I was more of the, you know, um, mid ranger. They called me the mid range legend. When when I'd be in the zone and I'd be like, you know, my hands are nice and sweaty. I would always wear a glove on my right hand because I would like bleed from my fingertips uh, as a thing, like really dry hands I have. So I would, whenever my hand would get sweaty and then the glove would fit just right, a football glove, I'd be making every mid-ranger, like I'd be, I'd be dribbling as soon as I get the ball and then I see the chance when no one's really stepping up to defend too close. I get, I get within the, like, maybe like a yard within the three-point line and just do it, just jumper, jumper, boom making it every time swish shit was wet you know what i mean mid-range legend i still be playing like that you know and then people be screaming at when i play pickup basketball if i don't make the first three shots you know what i mean then they're just like oh your bitch ass shot with your bitch ass shot and your mid-range don't pass the ball to him like what the fuck man i fucking hate that you know people are mad negative in sports i'm gonna get to that but yeah soccer was big growing up definitely uh I'm going to stop saying definitely. <laughs> Soccer was big growing up. It was like the first decision I've ever made. First important decision I've ever made where I felt like, wow, like what I think matters. Oh, oh, I'm 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 a person like, you know, I feel great. This responsibility on my shoulders, you know, it was when I was probably like six years, five years old, six years old. And uh, I remember I tried out for soccer for two different teams. Uh, Galloway or Atlantic United Atlantic United that was the name of the club and they were like based in Galloway and stuff like that and uh, Absagami and like different towns around Absecon you know different towns around there and then also Egg Harbor Township that was Egg Harbor Township Soccer Club so I tried out for both and I was like a smart kid, I guess. You know, I, I knew that we lived in Egg Harbor Township and I had a decent experience at both of the tryouts. And then I guess, you know, Egg Harbor Township, it just seemed more inviting. And we lived in Egg Harbor Township. I knew that. And so I was like, I'm going with Egg Harbor Township. My brother chose to do Atlantic United. 
So that's how he grew up. He grew up playing for Atlantic United. Uh, um, actually, no, my brother played for Egg Harbor Township first, and then then probably like they didn't he didn't get playing time. Um, so then he went to Atlantic United, and you know changed. But uh, I still stuck stuck with I stuck with Egg Harbor Township growing up. Yep, my whole childhood. And um, that was that first decision I ever made. South Jersey was great. You know, we played travel soccer. I got to go to every part of South Jersey. Freaking Glassboro, Vineland, um, you know what I mean? Cherry Hill, Haddonfield, Wildwood, Cape May, Ocean City, um, things like that. So, yeah. And then all, uh, every time after all the games, we'd, we'd huddle. Oh no! Before the games, after the games, we'd huddle and one, two, three, EHT. <laughs> that was the thing, you know. You know, in in sports, and everyone puts their hands together in the huddle and one, two, three, EHT. That was, you know, good memories. Good memories. Uh, a, a bit a traumatic moment, you know what I mean? Growing up, was living at you know Egg Harbor Township, the house on Ridge Avenue. We uh, it was a nice house. It was like you know what I mean, one story, but it was quite big. This large, big hallway led to my room and my brother's room on the left, and my parents' room on the right in the bathroom. And then like you know, big ass living room, and the kitchen. You know, walk in the kitchen, no door, and things like that. And my dad had his own room where he would do his studying in. And so, I remember a traumatic moment was, there was a Halloween where we did everything we had decorations everywhere like little ghosts filled of newspaper and then we filled up the newspaper a big ass a big ass plastic pumpkin and put it out in the front and then we dressed up and then like you know what i mean lights everywhere <laughs> like everything was cool we went trick-or-treating got hella candy we did something at school too it was lit so I was like mad excited about that. I was like, "Yay! This is so much fun, good memories." And then I'm like, "All right, that's Halloween. That's wonderful." And then next year, we did absolutely nothing for Halloween. I didn't go trick or treating. Nothing. My parents just were busy. I guess they had to work. I guess Halloween fell on the weekend, and they were working at the casino. I guess, and so I started. I was like so traumatized by that. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I read in the Charlemagne book that you know, he says. Charlemagne the God, his um uh, his I guess black privilege book, he goes into like traumatic experience. Everybody has a, a an experience growing up where it's just like, oh whoa, not everything's gonna be okay, you know. It's like the rug getting pulled from under you. It's like oh everything's insecure. Something terrible might happen, you know. That's an experience that you know everybody has those experience. And his was like um, a hurricane, and his trailer got destroyed and then him and the rest of his community had to like take shelter in the gymnasium of the local elementary school and things like that that was traumatic for Charlemagne and so my I would always think like oh I don't let me think what's mine that's definitely my traumatic experience like we didn't have Halloween and then I was like what's going on like not everything's gonna be okay like not everything's gonna be hunky-dory and so I was crying my eyes out in my room my mom was consoling me she's like oh it's okay fernando whatever like oh okay i'm sorry she, i guess she apologized and um yeah she understood it was tough on me and my mom was there for me yeah yeah but i remember the next day i would go to school and i would just be like all right you know that was that no halloween fine you know i'm just gonna be a professional soccer player that's all I, that's all that's gonna happen that's all I need to focus on in life and I don't need to be sad that's literally how I thought uh, misguided dreams I had you know my dad was encouraging you know my dad was like oh you know you could be anything you want you know if you work hard at it and that's you know what they say that's the American dream right um very interesting American dream like seems bullshit that's what a lot that's what they say these days american dream is is not attainable is it's a farce and uh that's what they say in school too in essex county college you know my social problems teacher shout out her she she definitely said that she we definitely had the discussion on that like is the american dream like really all it's cracked up to be it 
I look back at it like, did my father have the American dream? Did he accomplish all his goals? I don't know. He really worked hard at it and had a family and raised two wonderful kids. So, I mean, like, I mean, what can you do? What can you say? Um, but yeah, I had misguided dreams. I remember hearing that growing up, being like, oh, I guess I'll just be. I just, I, I, I work hard. I want to be a soccer player. I can kick the ball. I, I'm gonna do it. But it's not that simple. Like, I'm not, I was not the best. I didn't have the right support around me, didn't have the best coaches. Even my genetics probably has a part to play with it. Like, like I'd always, you know, be, um, I don't know. I just wasn't the fastest. And, and also, I would have little injuries here and there, especially in high school. Cracked my toe, couldn't play for a whole season. I was kind of outcasted and treated like, oh, you know, he's just, you know, cracked toe, fractured toe, whatever. And, um, I didn't really have it taken care of properly. I kept, like, being uh, demanded to show up and, like, still try to run on it instead of letting it heal. And I feel like if I let it heal for a month, I would have been able to come back better and, you know, just playing better and actually play the junior year of my high school seat, of my high school career. But, yeah. In order to have more accurate dreams, I just feel like you have to be more passionate. You know, these days I'm very passionate, as I spoke about. Like, I really do a lot of things that I like. And, you know, the first thing I was ever passionate about was refereeing soccer at 14. My first game was at that park, Delaware Ave Park, you know, Bargaintown Park. Oh, of course, there was other parks, too, like, you know, Tony Canal Park. You know, I can't forget to mention Tony Canal. Tony Canale. Vamos pa' Tony Canale. <laughs> That's what my parents would say. I guess it was named after some firefighter. Tony Canal Park on Dogwood Avenue. That was uh, going down English Creek. English Creek is another uh, uh, street that was in Egg Harbor Township. And you would go, the shop right was on the corner. It intersects with Black Horse Pike, the highway. And then, you know, you go on the Black Horse Pike and you go down English Creek past the shop right. And then, and then slide through Tony Canal. Right before Tony Canal was the high school on the left on English Creek. And then, you know, a whole bunch of intermediate schools. And now they probably have like three of them schools on Dogwood Avenue as well. And so Tony Canal was, you know, had a, it's a big park. I love going there. You know what I mean? It's got everything. Tennis, court, basketball, volleyball, soccer. Uh, they had a wall where we'd always kick the ball towards the wall growing up. And we'd play king of the wall during soccer practice probably towards the end it was like the most fun thing you'd kick the ball you'd be in a line and you'd kick the ball and hit it off the wall and then and then the person behind you would do the same and if you missed if you kicked the ball and it missed the wall you were out simple as that and so you would try to like shoot the ball extremely hard and then the person behind you would have to be ready and then kick it against the wall i would always win that game you know that was that was really fun i was always the king of the wall uh, but yeah, back to refereeing. Bargaintown Park, my first game was there. And uh, I just remember it was a great experience. $32 in my hand. I was, <laughs> I was like, whoa, I'm getting money. And uh, yeah, I remember I called the penalty kick. It was a lot of nerves, but my parents were right there supporting me. My, my, I think my brother was there too, definitely. And so he just had a game right before me. His Probably his first game too, or one of his first games. And, uh, yeah, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is cool. I could definitely do this, you know. So I kept refereeing. And two, year, two three years later, I became really passionate about it. Like, I studied all the rules of soccer and then the 17 laws, things like that, you know. So first ref game at Bargaintown Park. I played basketball there. I had I had a lot of friends, like, during high school year, um, I mean, I'm sorry, high school senior year, I would play basketball. I would play with Iftikar and then other friends, you know. It was a Vietnamese kid. And uh, he, me and him would hang out like every single day in the summer after high school. You know, every single day. And I think he was like two years, one and a half years older than me. And he would teach me a lot about Buddhism and stuff. And we'd just talk, you know, talk about in deep things. And yeah. That was good because I never really had that growing up. 
never had like deep conversation like you know this is how i feel let's talk about important things let's have important conversation you speak and i speak and then you know get down to the bottom of things and uh resolve issues and stuff yeah we don't keep in touch anymore unfortunately but that was a good kid uh another kid bengali kid he um you know what i mean got into some trouble about something but uh, we used to hang out. We used to play basketball a lot. And, and he, he, I remember I was driving him one time, and he was like, oh, let's have a heart-to-heart. You ever have a heart-to-heart, Fernando? And I was telling him about how I was, like, shy and stuff and uh, how I was, like, insecure and stuff. And then, you know, he supported me in that moment. So I look back on all the happy things, you know. Of course, we, like, fought and stuff, so we didn't really – I don't really keep in touch anymore. So there was one time we were playing basketball, and then, like, I just felt like he was being really physical and, like, you know, really cheating, you know. So then I pushed him back, you know, and then he stopped the game and was just like, hold on, hold on, Fernando, you can't do that. Uh, You know, chill. And I'm just like, what? You're doing the same thing, you know. He was, like, blocking me. So then I, you know, charged him and blocked him back, you know. And then it is what it is. I decided to learn basketball refereeing after that so i refereed basketball too just to know the rules just you know what i mean but also to make some money and and stay busy during the winter you know uh things like that yeah south jersey's cool a lot of things to do you know you need a car though i feel like in south jersey i had a car when i was 17 my dad gave me a car 2006 nissan sentra I didn't really take care of it, but that took me through a lot. You know, I went to college, and you know what I mean? I slept in that car many a time. I Uber drove, and then, like, you know, 120,000 miles, it just didn't run no more. I think it had a transmission leak or something. But make no mistake, in North Jersey, you don't really need a car. Everything's, you know, bus transportation. You know, you got to know your way around. Uh, maybe have to be in a desperate situation and take an Uber time to time. But... Yeah, South Jersey's cool. There's not as much to do. Really not as much to do down there. Uh, Up here in North Jersey, Newark. um, You know what I mean? Hobie Dokin smoking. Elizabeth. New Brunswick and up is just like there's more stuff to do. Everything's connected too. It's like by train or by bus or you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. I used to drive my friend, my so-called friends in high school i used to drive them around and they would like smoke weed in my car they'd be rolling up in the back and i didn't really do drugs i didn't really smoke at all and i didn't know what the hell was the point i didn't even want to like you know i was like a clean um you know goody two-shoe kid i learned that term i remember when i learned that term i must have been 11 in school and they're like that's a goody two-shoe someone explained it to me and i was like oh okay and it turns out i was that so i wouldn't smoke marijuana Everyone else did. Everyone else in high school did, you know. Um, <laughs> marijuana is everywhere. Where was you brought up? That's what Eminem said. <laughs> it was everywhere. Even in the peaches and cream, rainbows and butterflies like Harbor Township. Part of the soccer team. Everybody on the soccer team in high school did marijuana. And I just didn't, you know. They would be talking about it on the bus. The coach knew about it. Like, it's just kind of, like, weird. You know, I was outcasted. They'd be talking on the bus. They'd be fooling and joking and jumping and fucking humping each other and being fucking creepos. And, and it's kind of hilarious. In the back of the bus, they'd be like sitting in the middle aisle and doing crazy things and be like, yeah, we're having a blaze sesh after this. We're having a blaze sesh. We could have just lost the game. And then the, the coach could have just like, you know what I mean, had a, ripped us a new one, as he would have said. Um and just like yelled at us after the game and tried to be really negative and then on the bus everyone's fooling around and the coach is joining in so yeah it's just weird it's confusing i wouldn't say it's corrupt because it's like corrupt that's a word that's used for like governments and stuff this is just a fucking stupid soccer team but yeah it was like corrupt like i was the good one i was like trying my hardest i was you know and um yeah i was outcasted because i didn't smoke marijuana hmm interesting times high school was big though it was egg harbor township was probably the biggest as far as like uh distance as far as like area and uh as far as students probably too 648 kids in my class i finished like 89th percentile make no mistake i was a smart kid i did all my homework i got good grades i was in top classes 
AP physics, AP calculus, statistics, and shit like that. Psychology too. I'm taking I'm taking psychology now. The exact same psychology I took ten years ago, because I didn't pass the AP exam probably. But yeah, I remember in that uh, real quick in the um, AP psychology in high school. There was a. I was, I just, you know, I was a really uncomfortable kid with talking and expressing myself. So there was an assignment where it was like, make the soundtrack of your life. What, what, uh, what songs? Make the album like twelve songs or so about your life. You know, which songs? Uh, um, um, the soundtrack of your life. Which songs mean the most to you and why? And then explain. And so a lot of people presented. This one girl started crying during her presentation. Oh, you know, when this country song did this. And then, you know, someone else did that. I really always loved music. I was always a big fan of music. So then, you know, I remember I had songs like, Look at me now. Hey, look at me now. I'm getting paper. <laughs> like, that was my ringtone at the time. And I just thought, like, you know, it just made me feel cool. Make me feel cool. Look at me now. Uh, come a long way and just like braggadocious you know and um, what else um, living in the moment living my life easy and breezy peace in my mind that was on my playlist that's uh, Jason Mraz um, you know songs like that you know uh, and I went to present it it was my time to present and I was just like no I'm not presenting and then I told the teacher straight up. That was my first, like, you know, I just, not not my first maybe, but I just remember feeling very calm and very, like, in control and very, like, you know, assertive. Like, teacher, I'm not presenting. Sorry. I just can't. This stuff is way too personal, and I don't feel comfortable sharing it. So I recognized myself. I was self-aware. That was one of my first self-awareness moments. So it's good. It's good memories. Uh <laughs> I should have presented, like, I definitely would, like, whatever, you know, looking back on it, it's like, eh, I was a different person back then, you know, these days, I, I, if someone would, if if I would have been, uh, you know what I mean, prompted to present something, like, that, of course I would do it, like, I'm very outgoing, very outspoken, very not give a fuck, very, uh, uh, not in a bad way either, just like, I, I really, you know, when people, I really want people to hear me, and if they don't like it, then that's cool, if they do like it, then that's cool, and if they don't care, then that's cool too, you know, uh, looking back on certain situations, I'm like, wow, I would never do that now, there was, uh, there's definitely a, one of the most interesting things that I said during the auditing session, because I found myself talking about things from my childhood that I never would, that I didn't think I was going to say. So I remember it ripped the memory from my mind uh, from soccer, uh, playing for Cape Express, Cape May in South Jersey. Uh, Cape Express, we, I played for that team uh, after I played for Egg Harbor Township, uh, probably like in high school. That's a fact. This was in high school because because up until high school, I played for Egg Harbor Township, like, through and through. And then I remember, you know, when I was 14, we had our last game. And then, you know, from then, we just, everyone went on the separate paths and joined other clubs and stuff. And so Cape Express was the one that me and most of the kids from Egg Harbor Township Soccer Club, we called ourselves EHT Extreme. So everyone, all the kids from EHT Extreme, a lot, most of them, all the good kids at least, we, we played for Cape Express, you know. So the coach was some dickhead, <laughs> a bald guy, you know what I mean, uh, kind of rude, skinny, tall, athletic, you know what I mean, I guess he was some sort of trainer of something, lifted weights and stuff, and so he was like really nasty, so uh, we were running on pr in practice one time, alright, let me get a sip of water, maybe I might start breaking down when I tell this story. <clears throat> not necessarily so uh we're running uh, and he's making us run after practice for some reason like i guess we did something bad and then everyone's cheating everyone's running to like he's standing at a line and everybody's on the other line and he's facing us and he says okay run to me and back and then he's like 
uh, he keeps making us do that run to me and back. So kids are cheating. Like, they're not going all the way to the line. And I'm going all the way to the line. I felt like some sort of self-righteous, like, I want to do it right. You know what I mean? Everyone's cheating. I'm doing it right. I want to be different, first of all. Second of all, uh, I, I kind of want attention. You know, obviously, I'm not thinking these things on the surface. They're, like, subconscious, but that's what happened. I was running all the way to the line, and I was last every single time. So they came to a point where it was getting dark out and, you know, practice was almost over. And then the coach wanted to be a dick. He's like, the coach says, okay, if Fernando's last again, we're just going to keep running all night. And I was like, wow, everyone's cheating. This is not fair. Um, I just remember in that moment, like, thinking, like, I, yeah, I don't like you, you know. But... I didn't say anything. I, f I felt fear of repercussions, being outcasted, being looked down on by my teammates. I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't speak my mind. Nothing. I felt like, you know, scared. Like, what if I was kicked off the team? What if, you know, I had caused trouble and then I would get less playing time? And like, all these things, like, damn, I felt like I was trapped. Yep, definitely. So then, uh, Basically, I was like, I just kept running, and then, and then I kept, I did like two more runs, two more laps, or, or you know, little short sprints, where I was uh, still going to the line and still coming last. And then eventually, my partner Mark looked over at me. I guess the coach repeated himself. He's like, "If Fernando's last, we're just gonna keep running." And then Mark was just like, "Fernando, just," and then he said, "Just something." I don't remember exactly what the words were but i guess he said just cheat or just do it or just do it yeah i said to mark everyone's cheating no you know y'all not going to the line and then and then he said just do it or just cheat or just don't go to the line too and then so i just decided to do what he said and you know not cause too much trouble not express my mind not be myself <laughs> So looking back on that moment, it's like, hell no. If that happened to me in any sort of situation of similar capacity these days, I'm expressing myself. I'm saying exactly what's on my mind. I don't care about no consequences. If there's bad consequences for me expressing my mind and saying, then it's worth it. I need to be myself. I need to express myself. That's number one. That's priority. So imagine that. Me being quiet. Picture that image. <laughs> so... Yeah, it is what it is. I guess my biggest trauma is not having social skills, not expressing myself, not being asked my opinion, being listened or paid attention to, being neglected. That's about it. You know, I look back on all the good things and I'm like, I had a lot of material possessions. I had a lot of activities to do, uh, support from my parents. They were there. You know, they took care of me physically. They gave me enough food to eat. There was always, you know, a lot of food to eat. Either they cooked, you know what I mean, or we went out to eat. Or I could eat whatever I want. I never felt pressured to eat either. So that was good. Um, yeah. Definitely the, the most trauma came from just the social part. And then, like, obviously the soccer coaches. I feel like growing up playing soccer, you know, it was a good activity. But all my coaches sucked, like for real like real bad sports i played a lot of sports you know what i mean i had coaches here and there none of them were too good but especially the soccer coaches that like, i feel like sports are supposed to uplift you can learn from sports you could learn from from soccer teamwork motivation grit like staying like trying your hardest like being a, a grit meaning like you know you're tired but you keep going type of thing um sportsmanship respect for the referees uh and you mature uh and definitely you know what's most important is the sportsmanship and and learning how to lose you know for some reason that lesson was skipped on me <laughs> growing up every single coach playing soccer every time we lost every like clockwork i can't think of a time where we lost and and the coach was like okay guys you know they were just better than you and and you did your best. That's all you could do. Good job. I'll see you all at practice. Y'all did amazing. And, and y'all here to have fun. Maybe one time. Like, 
just I'm thinking like maybe one time and I don't remember the exact circumstances. It's probably happened and I was like, oh, man, that's that's cool. That's a little different. But most of the time, almost every time, like clockwork, the coach would give us a lecture like you guys should have done this better. You guys need to practice on this. You guys did terribly. Blah, blah, blah. You pussies. And <laughs> like in, in high school, this really does happen. Like this really did happen. The coach really did call us pussies. And halftime, sometimes he would just rip us a new one, as he said. And, and then we'd go out and then commit fouls and then cheat and then all this. Yeah, I remember there was a night game. We played Ocean City at one of our biggest rivals. And we were losing two to one at halftime. And then the coach called us pussies and said, we, you know, we're, 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 we're worth for shit. And just disrespected us in the locker room. And then said we're not playing hard enough, and then that that was that apparently pumped us up, and so we went back out. I played the I played like the whole game, you know, it was a night game. I was a senior, and so I remember, like I was going hard, of course, and then we we won four to two. Our, our second goal, uh, when we were we went out to the second half, we were losing two to one. Our second goal was a cheat. Um, Meaning, like, it was a free kick, the ball bounced kind of high, the keeper was going to grab it, and then, you know, one of my teammates, uh, uh, one of my teammates, Johnny Prado, he, he throws his hand in the air and tips the ball over the keeper with his fingers, and the ball rolls in the net, just like that, and then nobody sees it, the referee's like, oh, goal. The referee, both, we had three referees, a sideline, I knew him, his name was, uh, I forget, um, uh, the sideline referee, I worked with him. I worked with him. I was a senior. I was refereeing. I know him personally. And then the center referee, it's somebody else. And right, so the sideline referee, I remember talking to him afterwards, like, you ain't see that handball? And then he was like, I guess we worked together and he was cool. So I asked him, like, you didn't see that handball? Like, you don't remember? And he's like, yeah, I remember. I was focused on offsides. And I remember everybody was saying handball, but I just didn't see it. And then he just didn't see it. The center ref didn't see it. And, and nobody's going to confess to it from our side. And we just started celebrating. And Johnny Prado, he just celebrated immediately to, to make it look like, yeah, I did. And everyone was pissed. And Ocean City, make no mistake, these kids knew us. These kids, we played together for Cape May, Cape Express. We played together, and they were so angry at us. That was there was like mad beef for years. You know, what I mean, not never too serious, like, but always just like, man, you fucking cheater. You know how the fuck, how dare you? You know. And so we scored another goal after, like, another two goals after that, and we won four to two. And it started snowing when we won, and we thought we were cool and all that. It was a night game. It was a big, but just goes to show like there was not there was nothing learned that we learned how to cheat <laughs> we learned how to be disrespected and take it and we learned we did not learn how to lose you know what i mean <laughs> the holy trinity <laughs> you know we learned how to cheat how to be disrespected and how to be sore losers what the fuck you know what i mean what the fuck are sports good for if they're not you know i'm just you know pretty passionate when it comes to that so that was growing up in Nike Harbor Township doing sports. Um, yeah. But make no mistake, you know, Ed Sheeran has a lyric in his line where he's like, Suffolk, Suffolk sadly seems to sort of, Suffolk sadly seems to sort of suffocate me. And that was the end of his first verse on You Need Me, Man, I Don't Need You. Like one of his most popular songs where he raps his ass off. And then he's like, Suffolk sadly seems to sort of suffocate me. And I'm just like, yeah, I could relate to that. You know, Suffolk, I guess, is where he grew up. And it was like, I guess it was like a suburb in, in London or England or somewhere. Yeah, London probably. And so I feel the same way. Like, you know, I'm not from the ghetto. I'm not from poverty. But I'm from a place, a suburb, a place where it's just like peaches and ice cream. Like, wh where's the excitement? Like, it's suffocating me. I need to live my own life. I need to experience and travel the world and see different types of people, rich, poor, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I don't really care too much about the rich these days, so I'm just like, I just want to see people, you know? And fuck putting a label on it, rich or poor. So sports is, is supposed to uplift and teach. I want to do it differently. I want to be a coach. I'm going to Kenya 
and I'm going to be coaching soccer kids. You know, make no mistake, I don't have too much skills when it comes to dealing with kids. I love kids, though. I love, you know what I mean, refereeing soccer for 10 years. I, I got to really be passionate about what I do and interact with the children and, and from a refereeing standpoint. But from a coaching standpoint, I don't have too much experience. I really want to get into it. I'm trying to find the time, but uh, as a, as a, a, a student, you know what I mean? I work at two coffee shops. You know, I have support my friends. And, you know, I don't know. It's a lot, you know. I, but what do they say? If you want to if you wanna have time for something, you make time, right? So we'll see. But anyway, I don't have to worry too much about it. Like, little by little, I'll get those skills uh, of working with children. Because make no mistake, that's where I want to go in life. I want to be a school, uh, a high school guidance counselor or school social worker. And so in Kenya, I'm going to be getting that experience. I'll come back a whole new person, you know. So, yeah, that's why I had to leave Egg Harbor Township, come to North Jersey. Because, um, make no mistake, I've, I've lived everywhere. Elizabeth, Irvington, Harrison, Newark, uh, rats on the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm in Ironbound. So, North Jersey. <laughs> that's where it's at, you know what I mean? Right now. Um, just saving up to go to the land that's motherly. Thank you for coming and for your company. Listen to my dumbass voice. I'm just kidding. I'll be listening back to some of my episodes like, damn, you know what I mean? I need to I need to speak with a deeper voice, get closer to the microphone, and not say definitely as much. So, yeah, I, I, that's why I do the podcast too, you know. I'm not doing this public speaking and networking class anymore. I'm just doing board game nights. So I'm going to just plug that real quick. Slide through board game night at Red Kettle Coffee House on Thursday nights. Either Thursday or Friday nights. I'm still, you know, but I think Thursday nights at 6.30 is going to be where, it, where it's at. I'm thinking about doing like a half board game night, half open mic. Maybe open mic the last 30 minutes because I'd be, I'd be, poetry be flowing from me. That's a fact. That's a fact. I'm saving up to go to, the, to Kenya and um, teach kids soccer, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, Egg Harbor Township, you know, 123 EHT is, uh, you know, I'm a long way from EHT, but the earth is my home. I ain't found the place I ain't called home thus far. My matcha brings all the boys. <laughs> Just kidding. I ain't found the place I ain't called home thus far. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I meditate because my soul is scarred. And wherever I'm at, that's where I am. But don't forget, I don't forget where I came from. And that's what made me. That's what made me who I am. Egg Harbor Township, springboard diving. That was I forgot to mention. I do springboard. Did springboard diving in high school. That was you know great experience. Got a lot of skills from it. You know what I mean. Um, being in a speedo. <laughs> you know. So that's what made me who I am. One two three. E H T. Wakanda forever. Oatmeal box. Cardboard. Peace and love. Until next time. Thanks for listening.